Awareness Podcast with Nicole and John Allen. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Radical Awareness Podcast with mm. Nicole and John. How are you today, Nicole? Mm, I'm so good. Thanks, John. Really excited to talk about what we're going to talk about. Mm, well, here in New Zealand, we have a wonderful um, event. I don't know what to call it, really, but it is <laughs> Mental Health Awareness Week, and it's it's only a couple of weeks away here. So we were going to focus today's thoughts and rants and sharings on what is mental health. Mm. Firstly, I want to start off with how hilarious the statement is, right? Mental Health Awareness Week. Because I think maybe the um, importance or the emphasis of the words aren't in the right order. Mm. Because <laughs> mental health, from our point of view, my point of view here, mm. is having a level of self-awareness. And what this week is about is everyone being aware of what of mental health, right? And the issues that it causes for individuals. And I think maybe the main driving force of it is the issues that, that it um, produces in a so-called productive society. And with high levels of, let's say, mental health conditions, it then puts a little bit of an inconvenient dent in our productivity. And so... I know. Let's do... <laughs> One yoga class for our whole corporate. Mm, just in this one week when yeah. we're putting awareness on mental health. Mm. Um, mental health is not something that you can just put on the side alongside the rest of your dysfunctional life or your dysfunctional health. And I would go as far to say as that most of us are functioning at quite a dysfunctional level when it comes to our so-called mental health and what that actually means. And being sort of around and in this world, the let's call it the wellness industry, mm. for the last couple of years, um, around this time, we always get contacted to do things, um, which to me just feel a little bit empty. Oh, could you teach a class? Oh, could you do this? Or, you know, what about what about mental health? We're all talking about it. And I get, well, a little bit irritated because this isn't a solution. This isn't a problem that can be fixed by sticking something on the side of it or saying, I'm going to do this one class over here, but still live my regular life. That's not serving me in any kind of productive way for my whole well-being." And so for us, and this isn't just to be clear, not, I am not discrediting anyone or any uh, business or corporation or cause mm -hmm. that is trying <laughs> to bring more awareness or light to the fact that mental health struggles are a serious issue in this country and globally, I'm more saying that the way we're going about it is a little bit useless. Token, um, you might it's say. It's a bit token. And it is tends to be coming from, and this isn't on the individual level, I'm talking more on a higher level, especially through corporations and big business, that it's just kind of a way to try and get rid of this annoying problem of these so-called people with their so-called mental health issues that are getting away in the in the productive chain of things, of, of good business. Um, and to me, that is not fair because mental health for all of us is our birthright. And actually, we were on a really beautiful, I'm doing a movement session last night, and one of the girls, what did she say? She reflected that what she wanted her life to be about was radical self-care. Right? She was leaning into going um, 
more into the corporate world and focusing on her career. And she's like, but every part of my being just wants to be involved in radical self care. And I love that for one, um, and that insight. And I think what's important to understand when we're considering mental health as this issue is that it's actually, we're looking for transformation from the inside out. Without a level of personal self-awareness, you cannot deal with this so-called issue of mental health. And you cannot have some blanket um, solution that is draped over a whole bunch of people because every single individual as a sovereign autonomous being requires different things, different tools, different practices, different insights that actually allow for their own mental health to thrive and to be successful. And it is not something that's just, we'll all do a yoga class or we'll all do a meditation. This is who actually am I? It is addressing the fundamental questions of who we are as human beings and what brings us alive, what makes our hearts smile. And we have to be able to know this, to know ourselves and to have awareness to be able to move forward in any positive direction around our mental health. Mm. And so our, uh, let me say my, cynicism mm -hmm. around this is that mental health awareness um, kind of activities or taking time out of the corporate structure to do things related to mental health awareness week um, tend to be companies that are trying to polish their brand mm -hmm. they will have very well-meaning and well-intended people in wonderful departments of these corporations that are like i want to make a change and that in itself is beautiful and we endorse but, all of that and but the people at the top are really looking at it from a marketing perspective. How can I market the brand of my corporation slash company? How can I make my image look like I care about people enough to attract the people who are the most productive to come and work for me so my company can be the most productive? Now, I understand that the bottom line, financial bottom line, is a big driver for most people. So being able to sell this idea to the powers that be as a way to increase production is one way in, but it's actually fundamentally um, deceitful because mm. what we're looking for is less production. We're looking for a space where people, a place, a space, a corporation, uh, a place to, to work and be and do your job, do your duty, do your dharma, where you actually have time you actually have space you actually have all of these abilities mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. to let the life settle and not rush on to the next thing because we never give ourselves time to finish what we're doing because of deadlines and other such things and so you never get a chance to revel in anything whether it just be that you had a great relationship with a particular client because at the bottom of it all, it's all about relationships. And if you're not giving enough time for your company, for your employees to develop these relationships, they are not going to have good mental health because ultimately it's all about relationship. And if you're not giving people a chance to build these relationships, nourishing relationships, that is, then you're not doing anything for anyone's mental health. Mm, mm. And it's really interesting because the issue with it, right, why it's, it's one, like, it's amazing that there's more of these initiatives because this is the way things start. But what we are talking to, and because you know, we like to take quite a radical stance on these things, 
is that the corporations and the structure, structures themselves are not designed for this type of space. Mm. And so what's actually happening is the collapse, basically, of these structures saying, we can do this in another way. And we're not saying everything should just collapse and our world will just fall apart and we're all passive lying on the floor, right? <laughs> we're saying we need more radical change and to know that it's going to be uncomfortable for all of us. All change is uncomfortable. Mm. But this idea of if we just keep pushing and pushing and getting productivity, I'm like, well, what we're seeing is that more and more people are not coping and breaking down. So you are losing portions of the workforce. And I don't mean to alarm anybody, but over the last 18 months, the fear mongering and the stress that's been put into these um, industries all over the world, this isn't going to, even with whatever vaccination programs and mask wearing and mandates and rules and power and control, all this is doing is putting a shit ton more stress on people. And all we're going to see in the next few years is a drop in productivity time and time again because of the so-called mental health epidemic. And so this will be the issue that leads to the breakdown in these corporations because you're not going to be able to find enough people to work at this level of productivity that we have had before because everybody is so depleted in their nervous systems due to the level of stress and fear that's coming down. And so what's really important for us to be aware of with mental health is that there does have to be these little but quite profoundly big um, changes within the structures that give more space and time for people to do what they need to do. And like what John so beautifully mentioned, relationships is so key. If you are working in an environment and you don't have nourishing relationships, the level of stress and wear and tear this puts on the individual is beyond something you can measure. And if you're somebody who is a manager at any degree and you're not looking after your people, you're not listening to your people, you are harming their mental health. Mm -hmm. And don't turn around and say, we're going to have this whole week where we give back to you. It's like give back to them every day. Understand that you can actually lead with the awareness of mental health in every interaction all throughout the year to support people in their role. A lot of people love their jobs and love what they do, but absolutely cannot handle the relationships, the people above them using power and control, and they're just the, the culture, the environment. And they want to be doing the work, but end up either burning out or having high levels of mental health issues or just leaving the job altogether. And we, we can avoid this because we have been for a really long time, or we can start to radically look at what is actually going on and say, hey, every single one of us is responsible for this change to happen every single one of us, we are all in this together massively and we have created this. We tried it out, right? We thought this might be fun. Let's use humans as little robots and machines and see how they go. Mm. Well, alarm bells, it went terribly, right? This doesn't work because now we all don't know how to actually regulate ourselves or even enjoy other parts of our lives because when your mental health is out of balance, when you don't have awareness and like what we spoke about on our last podcast with being socially engaged, you cannot enjoy the other magical parts of your life mm. because it is like a form of, of trauma in essence. And you have to get, get home. And the first thing you want to do when you get home is some form of numbing. Mm. You might have already been numbing on the drive home with some, some form of um, watching things on your phone or scrolling or whatever you were doing. And then 
you get home and the first thing you do is, is, is reach for the bottle of wine or reach for the beer or reach for, dare I say, the joint. Mm. It, reach for those numbing devices, the, the binge watching of Netflix, the, the packet of chocolate biscuits, so whatever your vice is. and ignoring the other people in your mm. life and ignoring your kids, ignoring your spouse, watching TV, just being righteously um, irritated. Well, I deserve this because work's stressful and you don't understand and then actually hurting the people that you so-called love the most because you haven't been given a chance for your mental health, but then you're also not giving someone else a chance for their mental health. And the spiral, the ripple effect of this is so toxic. The it's take, not a take, positive take, one. Take, 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 take. Yeah. There's no giving back in any direction. And no one single week is enough. It's mm. just not enough. And it's a beautiful first step. And yes, the people, it is. People yeah. who are encouraging this and and advocating for it, it is phenomenal. It is a beautiful first step, but is it's a millimeter amongst kilometers and kilometers of distance we need to travel. Mm. And and, I think it's it's an easy sort of scapegoat, mm. you know, for for managers or just people to be like, oh, well, we do our part. And it's like, you have a heart, you have consciousness, you are able to say, mm, maybe I didn't need to speak to that person like that, or mm. maybe I could have actually done something more to operate from more of a place of integrity and kindness, we can mm. be more radically aware. And so often, so often in the, you know, the pressure cooker world of the corporate environment, it's a game of um, hot potato and the thing that's being passed along is stress. Or I'm stressed, so you should be stressed. Well, if you're not stressed, then you surely not, aren't working hard enough, mm. so you should be stressed. And if you're not stressed, then you should be stressed about the fact that you're not stressed mm. because you must be doing something wrong. You must have missed something where you don't deserve to be being paid as much as you're being paid. So find some stress and find some way to add more to your life so you should be stressed mm. because if you're not stressed, you're not worthy. Mm. So true. It's like there's this busyness. You've got to be busy. And if you actually just figured out most of us, all of us could do our work and then just have time to do nothing mm -hmm. and we'll be fine. There's even stress about looking after your mental health. You know, I better go to three yoga classes and do my meditation and eat the green smoothie and do all of the stuff. But it's like if anything that's so called for your mental health is causing you a stress, causing you stress, it's not for your mental health, mm. just alarm bells, you know. And also because we have done many um, corporate yoga type sessions, seen it time and time again where people come along and they're flat, they're gray is how I'd call it. Mm. They, they are still life, the, the zest isn't there. And then trying to make them do a practice that is going to basically throw them into themselves mm. is not a very safe thing to do, <laughs> right? Because You've got to really want to do that and to understand that when you're doing practices like yoga or meditation or Tai Chi or any kind of mindful movement, you are having a, an experience with yourself, which in turn is fantastic for mental health. When you've got the space to do that and the assimilation and you understand it and someone has explained it and you're aware of what you're signing up for, actually. And so often with these things, you know, I always wish that I'd been asked to actually talk about it first to explain to people what we're doing and not just a, a two minute explanation. We're going to do down dog. No, there, there needs to be more to it to truly understand what is happening on this kind of physiological level, what is happening in our mind, what's happening in our heart, what's happening in our body, what is likely to actually happen when you start practicing and doing these things. And I do believe that when, when people are given the opportunity, they're given the space to learn to maybe shift some of their perceptions around their life 
and then they're able to choose the practice that works and integrate it into their life, they will become beautifully productive, but not in the way we understand production right now. Mm. Not burning people to the ground as if they were commodities that you own. You don't own anybody. And everybody can be extremely productive with their work and have fun and rest and oh. enjoy relationships and play and still get that stuff done. We are such complex, incredibly powerful, amazing, wise beings, all of us, if we're given the right environment and the right opportunities to actually access that. And some of us, if we've experienced a lot of trauma early on, that um, opportunity for existence can seem quite far away. And in fact, a lot of people who have experienced a lot of the trauma and their mental health has been um, compromised from a very early age, then their behavior might seem quite uh, either bizarre or cruel or manipulative or, or disjointed. Anti-social. Anti-social. All of these things. So then others find it hard to work with those people. But we also can't force somebody else to take on that responsibility. Right. This is the individual to find what works for them, to actually have opportunity and space to understand one, what their mental health is, to understand what awareness is and the importance of it for your life. And to also then choose how to implement daily practices that they can commit to, that they're not being stressed out by having to do, that they can choose and integrate and really enjoy and then move into this holistic view of having, let's say, positive mental health. Mm. And there's another, there's another, another interesting piece of the puzzle here. And if we are stuck in the idea that someone with mental health issues has some kind of malfunction in their brain, <laughs> and we consider that all mental health issues come from some kind of malfunction in the brain, then we are constantly looking at the brain to try and kind of fix the mental health issue. And that leads to things like pharmaceutical drugs that are trying to implement changes in the brain. I have nothing against the use of pharmaceutical drugs in this setting when the, when the setting is, is right, when the... Um, practitioner has very clearly outlined the all of the potential side effects all of the potential uh, things that may happen if uh, said pharmaceuticals is implemented then yes put it into the system to help with that but from the from the perspective of the corporate environment um, there needs to be also this mindset mindset shift away from, the idea that there's something wrong with the brain and we're giving these people a token week because they suffer, they have some form of disability. It is not a disability. It is something that we all suffer from. And one beautiful um, Buddhist monk from one of the, the books that I've read says, everyone is mentally ill. We all suffer with mental health. We all need daily practices. We all need to have enough space to be with ourselves, to connect these places of the, the mind and the heart. And we need to try and develop uh, our kind of emotional awareness, our emotional intelligence, so that we can start to recognize when 
when we're going out of our window of tolerance, when we're, when we're starting to walk towards stress. And then if we have more preventative methods, then we won't need to end up at the psychiatrist asking for some form of medication because things have become overwhelming. If we build this level of awareness, we can, we can prevent, we can ameliorate, we can completely shift the mental health epidemic, epidemic that is kind of all over the world. Um, from our corporate-run society. Mm. Well said. Yeah, it's this, this idea I keep hearing is space, you know, slowing down and having space mm. and understanding that this is not just a luxury, it's a necessity. And we teach a lot of um, slow yoga, slow and subtle practices, which allow this time to, to slow down and to cultivate more internal awareness which in turn allows that idea of preventative care, which is what John is, is sort of talking about, where you're aware more of your emotions, your feelings, your sensations, and everything that your experience is made up with. And you give yourself space and time to do that through the vehicle of your body and your breath and just kind of focusing in that way. So a lot of this work we follow comes from Subtle Yoga by Christine Weber. And it's really, really amazing. And um, we have we have lots of classes if you follow us through our website um, that you can actually do and participate in if you're interested in that way. Uh, but also I just want to touch on Brene Brown's work, you know, and she's very um, connected more with the corporate sort of mm, world around absolutely. this and this idea of vulnerability and shame uh, are really valuable to understand when we're talking about mental health because, and we are very focused on the corporate world because it tends to be that's where this is landing the most. It's saying this is, it comes out of, the kind of corporate world and the sort of academic universities and young people and this level of stress where they're the biggest thing we think is missing is space integration and slowness. And let's be real, the universities are corporations. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> I won't go there right now. Um, the, the, this idea of vulnerability and being vulnerable with ourselves, you know, not having to hold the standard of I've got my shit all like together all of the time, or I've constantly got to achieve at this level. It's like, we are always in a flux. We're always in a process. Mm. We ebb and flow. We move. It changes. Like we've talked about before, you can't avoid failure, you know, but in these environments, it's telling you, you have to avoid failure. It's going against your human nature. That's not okay for mental health. But failure is not productive. Yeah. And vulnerability <laughs> is, is vulnerability with yourself, which is self-awareness. And vulnerability with those around you is so important. And when we don't have vulnerability, when we're not able to express to ourselves, right, who we actually are, which comes through those kind of nice, slower, integrated somatic experiences, um, and we're not able to be vulnerable with others, then we start to exist in a guilt-shame spiral. Mm. And again, Brene Brown on her work on shame is amazing. If you haven't um, looked at that, we highly recommend it. But shame is just so toxic. And how often do you just you notice you just feel embarrassed just by being you? Mm. How common is that for people? Ask yourself, when and where do I feel embarrassed? Where do I feel shame? Why? Do your Why superiors do make you feel embarrassed or ashamed if you have any level of failure or misunderstanding or, or miscommunication in the workplace? Yeah, because public shaming, yeah, public shaming and not just someone standing up and being like, ha ha, look at you. But the, the micro dosage of public mm. shaming is everywhere. This passive aggressive behavior is public shaming and it happens all the time, just discrediting each other's ideas. I mean, at the moment we're seeing it on 
a massive scale with the um, with the divide that's being created. And so we're coming into mental health week, yet we're in this debate where we're going, I'm pro-vax, I'm anti-vax. It's like no one's any of those, right? You're a person with an accumulation of stories, preferences, opinions, ideas, experiences, which then inform your right now feeling about something. That's it, right? And sometimes you might be like, oh, I don't think I want to get that, or oh, I think I do want to get that. That's all. But we're yelling it at other people and shaming people and trying to scare people into doing what we want because we're scared, because we're unaware. That's not good mental health. Unaware and unsafe. Yeah, really unsafe. It's um, Safety is huge, and we touched on that briefly in the last podcast, but mental health is all about having that space of safety. If you don't feel safe in your body, you don't feel safe in your environment, you've got no chance to have a, a maintained state of mental health at yep. all. If you don't have a safe place to express emotion, mm -hmm. then you will not express emotion and that will either ruminate in your mind or come into your body in a kind of holding pattern that's awaiting an opportunity to be released. Mm -hmm. And so the only way to get it out or one of the many kind of ways to get it out is to try and numb it away or scream it out or these outbursts that may happen um, when you get home from work, when, you, when you've released yourself from the unsafe environment, you come into some kind of semi-safe environment and you need, to, you need to explode, you need to release, you need to decompress, you need to do all of these things that are the alarm bells that something is out of balance in the workplace. Something is not safe in the workplace. Yeah. yeah. And it's within you at the end of the day because you know, the idea of all these practices of having awareness is that you could be in any environment and you would maintain balance and equi equilibrium. Equanimity, yes. Thank you. Um, and But for a lot of us, that's far away. And it's because it's just ha we haven't learned it. We weren't given this gift from a really young age, which is unfortunate. But what is fortunate, what the good news is, is that your body and your mind and your heart and everything is so ready to come into balance. When you fully choose it, it's there for you and you can choose what you want to do. And so I want to talk a little bit about what can you do, right? What can we do? One, in the week of Mental Health Awareness Week, but beyond, is Before finding. Before you start, I'm going to tell you what not to do. Don't put a pot plant and a lamp in a cupboard <laughs> and call it a meditation room. Amazon, eh? <laughs> that, is not, that is not mental health supportive. Yes. Don't shame someone and say when they, you know, have an emotional outburst at work and you're like, go and sit in the in the cupboard. That's the same as the naughty chair team. <laughs> That's public shaming. That's not supporting mental health. <laughs> Maybe you need to go and have a chill out in the chill out space. Oh, just chill out. Just chill out, Jack. Just chill out. Mm. Yeah, telling someone to chill out, relax, calm down has never worked in the history of man ever. So if you're the righteous dick who's doing that, stop it. Mm. Just stop it. Anyway, back to the positive. Have compassion. Back to the positive. What can you <laughs> do? I'm not passionate about the subject. Um, so there's so, so many amazing resources out there. Um, we're just going to, I'm going to talk about the ones that we have to offer because mm. obviously that's the easiest than sitting here and listing off a million things. But doing your own, it's firstly, it's super important to find things that 100% resonate for you. Mm. But in the beginning, it's hard to know what that is because when we're disconnected from ourselves, when we don't have a level of self-awareness and we are starting to move into a world of wanting to be aware and looking after our mental health in this way, if you've been numbing for so for so long, 
everything that you try that's going to positively bring you out of numbing, it's going to feel wrong because the ego part of yourself doesn't like change. change. Mm. And it will tell you, oh no, this doesn't work. This This is stupid. Yeah. So if you've sort of gone that far, you've basically got to just give it a crack, try something, at least try it for like a few weeks. I'd even say three months. Um, And then if you're still like, oh, this doesn't quite work. I'm going to go on from there. And this is quite a common story. People are like, I didn't really necessarily love it, but then I keep going. I got something out of it. And then I slightly adapted. You know, I started with yoga. I went to Tai Chi or I started with that teacher and I went over here or I read this book and then I read that book. Because at the start of it, you you don't know what you don't know. Mm, mm-hmm, you really mm-hmm. don't. So that you, you don't even know what there is to discover. So you don't know what you're looking for until you start having a point of comparison to kind of launch from so start to start anywhere do something and then start to walk towards the thing that's feeling better start to walk towards the aspect of the thing that's feeling better and look for that aspect in other practices Mm. so as an example it doesn't have to be this massive thing i had a client who had a very stressful life situation and very limited time perceptually And um, we talked about all these nice techniques, more sort of somatic, so embodied kind of techniques to use. But she's like, I just just can't do them, right? There was too much. It had been numbing. And she was beautiful. Her heart, so beautiful. But we figured out that what she could do in the morning if she woke up before the kids got up, you know, before she had to get into that routine, and she had these like um, fantasy books that she loved but never had time to read. So she got up early and she might read for, say, 20 minutes, these books, and that is practice. This moment that she'd chosen to do something different that was solely for herself, where she could be with her breath, she could be in her body, she could read. And I'm not saying that that's going to be the practice forever, but it was a profound starting point to do something different. You're sort of working in alignment with your ego, who's like, no, 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 let's do the things we like over here, these numbing techniques to meet halfway and to then start to actually rewire your brain to change your your cellular patterning, basically Mm. the patterning of your nervous system to then look in a different direction and say, oh, actually, I liked that space. It made me feel I was kinder today. I had more space within my reactions. That is tuning into better mental health. And so what we offer, and um, I'm pretty sure John will put the links into into this podcast somewhere. Mm, I put them in the show notes. The show notes, guys. It's a thing. <laughs> um, on our website, we have we do have an online platform, which right now is very helpful when we're in states of lockdown. But there's uh, different yoga classes and things you can do. But we also have a section that's called free content, and our YouTube has many different uh, yoga class practices. It also has meditations and energy techniques and tapping and things that you can use and kind of try out for yourself, which are amazing for mental health. And the other thing, because what I think is super important is yes, you want to be embodied. That is a hundred percent key to be in your body and your experience, but also learning how to be more self-aware. So uh, again, on the website, I have a course that is called Self-Reflection for Radical Awareness. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure that's the name of it. And it's, it's just videos with me talking and lots of different exercises that you can do to cultivate more self-awareness through the process of self-reflection. And we go over kind of the six main concepts of how to do that and just breaking these ideas down because sometimes you can hear the concepts and it sounds all nice, but how do I actually implement this? What does this mean? Do I, am I just sort of thinking about it over here separately at the end of my day? 
or can I bring it into my daily life, which I think is essential because that's where the real work is and that's where that's the mental health we want to see change, right? When you're in those difficult situations, when you're faced with conflict, when you're faced with something challenging, you want to know you've got resources to pull on that can support you. So that course is there and we will actually put a, um, if you've listened to this, we'll put a discount code in to get 15% um, off that course uh, for you guys now because, you know, it is Mental Health Awareness Week. <laughs> so we would love to do our bit to support that and to support you in, in going forward so you can just have better mental health all year round. Mm. What a great offer. Absolutely. And so there's much, much more to say. But Always. <laughs> <laughs> for today, we're going to leave it there. Uh, did you have any final words or thoughts? Well, on that, John, mm. you know, we are very passionate about this. We could talk oh for a long goodness, time. Yes. And we have both studied in, you know, um, counseling, psychology and energy um, medicine in energy yoga psychology. and philosophy and energy psychology. We... We have sessions with people. If you're like, I need somebody else, and sometimes having a, another human to actually talk to and to support you in this work is really, really helpful. So we do do, at the moment, online sessions and mm. then in person. And again, feel free to reach out if you just want to know a little bit more about that or you want recommendations of other people or other types of courses or books, anything like that. We would love to support you and are here for this and, and this journey of moving forward so we can be in a more coherent and loving uh, society together mm. yeah 100 percent. yes wonderful well thank you again for listening um you can always share the love by dropping this link on your social media uh, to share this episode and subscribe to get the notifications when new episodes come out um but for now we love you we do love you <laughs> thanks for listening and goodbye Bye-bye. The Radical Awareness Podcast.